Welcome to the Feature Film Podcast. Today we are talking about successful failure and the measles. Enjoy the show. What's up guys? It's Kyler. And this is Ethan. And this week we have a new person joining us. Want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Michael, uh, 18. Just joined, uh, what, about two months ago? Two months ago, yeah, roughly. Mm -hmm. um, looking to make some good times. Yeah, actually, for those who do not know, Michael has been with us for a little while. We love recording videos, but we can never actually get the time, and he actually <laughs> does a lot of the video the videography work. Videography. I, I can't pronounce that, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but um, he's been with us for a long time. He just hasn't been able to join us for the podcast because we love doing the podcast, but our schedules never mix together. So we're happy to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here. So I really want a hard geek on... Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Of course he does. <laughs> I have not had a moment. I know I'm really late to the game, but like I have not had a moment to like really geek out about how good I thought this movie was. Did y'all both see it? Yes, I, I saw uh, it. Well. Okay, Episode Nine, freaking! I loved it. Made my jaw drop so many times. The intro was great. I love the fact that they brought Palpatine back. I thought it was very cool. Some people don't like that. Well, Ryan Johnson screwed up the whole Star Wars universe <laughs> with the number eight because he, you know, killed the bad guy. Anyway, so, yeah, they brought Palpatine back. They had Kylo Ren reforge his helmet, which was very symbolic. Yes. Um, really cool. And then they finally brought force healing in to the, to the universe, which has never been a thing before. It's mm -hmm. been like a thing in video games and stuff, but they've never done that in the movie. So that was great. Um... I loved, 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 loved the fact that Kylo Ren became a good guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it brought balance to the force when you think about it. Because mm. you saw bad turn to good and good turn to bad and then they met in the middle. Because Rey... Because Rey really had a struggle with yeah, the dark side. Which she did. That was really cool. Um, by the way, J.J. Abrams a while back said, I believe, that the plan was to bring Palpatine back the whole time. Which is really interesting. And, and I another podcast I listened to Shout out to the movie proposal. Um, <laughs> they talked about this, and they, they made a point to say, if you watch Rey's fighting style in Episode 7 when she's fighting against Kylo Ren, she is, like, doing something very specific, very distinct, where she is, like, thrusting her saber forward. Mm -hmm. The only other person who's done that in Star Wars was uh, Palpatine. If you watch Episode 3 when he's fighting uh, okay. the Jedi, yeah. you will see him, like thrust his lightsaber forward. So it's a lot of like almost Easter eggs. Almost. If, you, if you watch, if you're, if you're yeah. that, uh, if you're that critique, yeah, critiquing. Observant. Uh, yes, observant of movies and stuff like that, especially ones that you're big fans of. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I love that. You're right. I guess it did kind of bring balance to the force. Um, Which is, if at the end of the movie, you see Rey and her lightsaber when she, like, when she ignites her lightsaber. Which you know what the color means, right? Yellow? It's balance. I did not know that. Why? Really? How did you find that out? Um, when I went to go see it, I actually saw a bunch of Star Wars geeks, and they were like freaking out, like, oh my gosh. Like, because my brother Jonathan, um, he loves to, he like he likes to talk about Star Wars, him and his friend Josh. They love to talk about Star Wars, and they like to study it. My brother Jonathan actually has like a $400, $300 lightsaber oh, that he custom made himself. And... You know, they go into depth of actually what the color of the lightsabers mean. And I think yellow or orange or whatever it is means balance. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know we have a lot of 
like this is a movie podcast. I'm sure there are people out there that are listening that know way more about this than I do. But it's balance. It's a form of balance. That's really interesting. And I did not know that. And that's super cool. The only like – you also kind of – if you're going with that, you also kind of have to get into the thought of what is balance? Um, what does that actually look like in Star Wars? It When they balance the force – like. The prophecy was about Anakin. You know, mm-hmm. if you go back to the prequels, the prophecy, he's the chosen one to bring balance to the force. Well, that kind of culminates in episode six, where he throws the emperor into the pit where he, you know, dies, supposedly. And then Yoda's gone, Ben, uh, old Ben, is gone, and even Vader dies. Mm-hmm. So the only person left is really? Luke. Luke, and I guess Leia. Palpatine as well. Well, okay, fair. And Leia's, I mean, she's not really even a, like, she uses the Force, and I love that they brought that into this this later series, where she can actually use the Force. Um, but I suppose there was balance, because Palpatine and uh, Luke were the strongest users, I suppose, and then later, Ray Palpatine came along, and then there was Kylo, so, I don't know. I mean, that's I, I love the ending. I love that she took the name Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I think this is the part that made me really love it the most. It actually made me a little bit more okay with Episode Eight because if you have talked to me at all about Star Wars, you know that I loathe Episode Eight. It's a piece <laughs> of trash. I wish J.J. Abrams had written, like directed all three of these movies because Ryan Johnson was screwed up. Star Wars universe and I don't <laughs> like that you did that I'm sure you are a great filmmaker I love your short film for the music the song uh, Oh Baby great job with that if you haven't seen that look up Oh Baby Ryan Johnson on Vimeo it's a wonderful music video short film but holy crap I hate what you did with Star Wars <laughs> uh, but they combined a lot of things from episode 7 and 8 and you did J.J. Uh, Abrams did a really good job Mixing that in together. Mm-hmm. So, with all that I feel means. a lot better inside. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much bottled up for so long that I haven't gotten to say. Thank you for letting me go on my little tirade. <laughs> it's all good. Actually, we're actually, today we're talking about a space movie, uh, Apollo 13, which is actually based on a true, it's not sci fi, like it's like or right. science fiction, it is a, but it's, it's actually a true legitimate story, story today. But, um, so. I guess sci non-fi? Science non-fiction. That's good. Um, so for those who do not, who do not know what the Apollo uh, missions are, they are actually a series of space missions, both manned and unmanned, flown by NASA between 1961 and 1965. And this movie took place in the 70s. And, mm-hmm. Yes, when uh, I think in Nixon, I believe, was president. Yep, Nixon was yeah, because they've been, they've been told him, uh, I think it was it was Jake. Is that who we discussed it was? The Swigert? Yeah. So uh, he said somewhere in, in the beginning of the movie before they were launched, or I guess right as they were in space, um, on live, oh, yeah. live broadcasting, he said, I haven't turned in my tax forms. And then uh, Nixon said, yeah. you are most definitely out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> later on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. That's good. Um, which, I, like, literally, this it's a good movie. It's not, like... I'm not going to say it's like my all-time favorite movie of, you know, all time, but it's so good. Like, so the, this is the second time I've actually watched it. The first time I watched it was years ago. And 
my I went saw with a friend and his family, and he would the father would just constantly pause maybe every five seconds, give me a fun fact. He would just pause and be like, "All right, well, this is what happened. This is what happened. All right, this is a little foreshadow. This is a little this. This is a little that." It's funny because his wife was like slapping him upside the head. <laughs> like, you need to stop it, man. You need to let these kids just enjoy the movie. That sounds like me. So, so do you have any fun facts for us? Fun facts. I want to know fun facts. There's a lot, actually. Like, um, I have Easter eggs and I have also fun facts. What? Well, give I guess us fun facts and then give us Easter eggs. Well, okay. Well, so, this is a cool fact. Um, did you know that they actually shot the real, like, the zero gravity scenes were actually zero gravity? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. 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 So, so this movie. I was freaking out the entire time, like, how the frick did they do that? That's exactly what, what? I was doing Which the whole time. I Googled it. I should have. It was actually what they do for uh, astronaut training. What they do is that they put an airplane up. Oh, and they do that parabolic flight. Yeah, and then they just oh go steep. And then I couldn't they imagine actually, recording that. Well, imagine this. If you watch that. the movie, there's so much like zero gravity scenes. Mm-hmm. Every single one mm-hmm. was zero gravity. And yeah. get this. It was only 25 seconds at a time. 25 seconds. Oh my gosh, you could have circled the globe by how many times they had to shoot this freaking movie. Yeah. Like, it was insane. And think about it. The plane they were in had to hold the set that they were in. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, oh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just a lot. Um, but also, wait, so what? Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that there's a, there's another fun one that uh, we were discussing a little previous to this um, that I found on IMDb. And it was that all of the scenes with the Earth that you can see outside of the window in the spacecraft... Those are actually um, pictures that uh, Jim Lavelle took while he was on his mission, like in real life. Really? And so they just kind of put that through the window, I guess, like green screen or whatever you want to call it. Dang, I didn't know that. So That's cool. That's actually really cool. Um, one thing that I like loved as well is just all the quotes from the movie. Like, I did not know that failure was not an option actually came from Gene Cran. Or really? Crons. Yeah, I... I I, I knew it was a NASA thing because you hear all the time, but it was like, bam, here it is. And also, this is one of my favorite quotes throughout the entire movie. A guy comes up and he says, this may be the worst disaster that NASA has ever experienced. And then Gene Crean comes up and he says, with all due respect, sir, I believe this will be our finest hour. Yeah. And it was like, it was a really heartwarming moment to where it's like, wow. Like, this is like, like, okay, so... In the beginning of the show, you know, we always do the little foreshadow of what we're actually going to talk about, the uh, successful failure. Um, they had a, a failure. They resolved it. And the measles. And the mission the mission in real life is known as the successful failure because they never made it to the moon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know that that's actually what it was called. Yeah. So backtracking to back to, like, favorite quotes, if you will. Um, my favorite quote, I think it was one of the funniest for me, at least. It was uh, one of when they were in the press conference uh, taking all the pictures. You know, they were posted up in their um, their space suits right behind the uh, the space background, the backdrop. Yeah. And uh, one of the reporters or um, uh, one of the people that was led in to take pictures, uh, he asked um, one of the three crew members, uh, "So thirteen doesn't bother you?" And then one of them, I can't remember who it was, said, uh, "Only if it's on a Friday." <laughs> that was that was my favorite reference to Friday the 13th <laughs> so if we're going to go with favorite quotes here's mine and it came at the very beginning of the film it says Christopher Columbus Charles Lindbergh and Neil Armstrong and I heard that and I got chills because mm-hmm. I mean when you think about it I mean Christopher Columbus was a groundbreaking explorer mm-hmm. 
Charles Lindbergh, groundbreaking explorer, and Neil Armstrong, first freaking man to set foot on the moon. Like, yeah, how insane is that? Like, that is a big deal to be listed with one of those three names. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about that. One thing that, going off of what you said, there was a scene when they're building the rocket, and you know you have the press coming in, and people are just talking, and someone said, "Well, why do we have to go to the moon again?" And he said, "Imagine if Columbus." went to America or found it or whatever. I don't remember. I don't know. If yeah. Quote. Imagine Christopher Columbus came to America and, and no one no followed. One followed. It's yeah. like, they would just be useless. It would just be terrible. Like there would be no point to that. So like you were saying about uh, like favorite quotes and stuff. So one of the, one of the quotes that hit me the hardest was it's like, you know, the, the memorable quote of, one small step for man, one oh. huge leap for mankind. Yeah. Which actually, bouncing off of that, did you know that everything, like all the, because if you, you may not even realize unless you rewatch it, they cut to like a new scene like every ten minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just spitballing that minute amount, but um, and every single one was actual live footage of the from back from then. Back then. Wow. It's not even. This movie was made in ninety. Five, yeah, nineteen ninety-five. It takes place in the seventies. Yeah. So, so I mean, and so yeah, that's a twenty-year, almost thirty-year difference, which I think is actually just really cool because you see, like, you get to hear everything that is actually going on. Yeah. So for all of my uh, car fans out there, there were so many nice cars. Oh there was uh, <laughs> what's his name, um, Ken? Uh, Ken, when he was watching the uh, the takeoff. He was in a really nice uh, Stingray, I believe that's what it was, and then uh, uh, Jim also had a nice Corvette that, you know, it, it stalled on him or broke down at yeah. stoplight, and that was one of the good quotes of, it's the second time this has done this, <laughs> and then uh, the guy that pulled up next to him to ask him, hey, aren't you the astronaut that's the captain, and he was in a nice Mustang, you know. <sighs> Which is funny, because it's like, you're an astronaut, but you can't get your foot off the clutch, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, So... For those who do not actually know the story of Apollo 13, so what it basically is is that they're wanting to send a rocket up in space and they recruit this crew that was planned to go way down the line in the future, but they have six months to train. So they go into hardcore training mode and they just basically get prepared to go to the moon. And toward the end of it, three weeks actually prior, um, Jim Lavelle, which is actually the main character in... um, was it was it weeks it? or days? It was weeks. Two weeks. It was two. It was two. I, I made a note that said three weeks. Three. Oh, okay. Jim Lavelle, which is actually the main character, um, his wife had a nightmare three weeks prior to takeoff, and from this fear of like of her nightmare, she didn't even want to go to the launch. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if she did or didn't. Though. She did. Yeah, no, she eventually did. showed up. She caved, which is <laughs> yeah. good because if you imagine if he if it was um, an unsuccessful mission, mm-hmm. it would have just. I think it would just absolutely killed her. But it was almost like a foreshadow, like, Mm. of what was to come. Well, okay, speaking of foreshadowing, um, this was something that stuck out to me. At one point, and and they wouldn't put this in the movie if it it didn't have a reason to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just how movies work, Mm -hmm. you know? But at one point, um, like the day before, or maybe two days before the launch, um... You see, like, they show the wife showering, and she drops her wedding ring oh, down yes. the drain. Yes, in the in a motel. Yeah, in the motel. Yeah. She couldn't get it out. And, man, when I saw that, I was like, oh, crap, that's foreshadowing. Like, that's not good. And it made me think of, have you ever heard of the movie um, K-19, The Widowmaker? 
The Widowmaker? I have not. Mm-hmm. No. It is, um, it's got Liam Neeson and I, I, I can't remember who else, maybe Harrison Ford, I'm not sure, but uh, it is about a submarine, nuclear submarine, Russian, that uh, it's called the Widowmaker, referred to it now because mm-hmm. so many people died. Like there was a, like the nuclear reactor failed oh. and everyone on the ship got uh, radiation poisoning. Everyone died. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could be wrong. Um, but it, it was like a doomed voyage from the beginning because they show in the very beginning, you know, when a, when a ship goes out to sea for the first time, they christen it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they throw a bottle yeah. against it, yeah. it breaks. It didn't break. Oh, the bottle when they threw it against the the submarine, it didn't break. Was it made and out of plexiglass? Sailors <laughs> are like super superstitious. Yes, and I've so heard about that. like the fact that that didn't break, everyone's freaking out. Like that you could like they showed a panning shot of all these sailors, mm-hmm. and they're just like wide eyed in, in fear because they know that's not good. Yeah. And so to when I when I saw the wife in Apollo thirteen drop her ring down the drain, I was like, oh. God. That's not good. Yeah, it's champagne That's, didn't break. Right. <laughs> but did y'all so, actually know the story before y'all watched the movie? I, I did not. Uh, I knew, like, the idea was uh, it, there was a problem in space. They had to get back. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing of the Yeah, I'm, I'm the same story. With, I'm the same with Kyler there. I, I don't do too much research before I watch movies. <laughs> it's just a good story, just overall. And um, one thing is about the movie. So they have team of astronauts going up in space and there was a gentleman what's his name Ken Ken Mattingly mm-hmm. and he gets like everyone's freaking out because he has the measles but in reality he like <laughs> so they say so they say and they basically kick him from, from the space program and then another guy takes his place the back of crew from the back of crew and then they send him off to space but if they if you actually think about it though so in the movie they're in space and what happens is that, let me see, it was NASA good. told him to stir the tanks, mm-hmm. which actually caused a disaster within the Apollo 13 spacecraft. And then Jim notices that the oxygen is being released into space, and NASA just in, in a, is just in an uproar. Mm-hmm. And um, they were freaking out, but what really caused them, and they're all doing math, trying to f- solve every problem, because there's so many problems, like... The breathing's not right. The trajectory is not right. The the fuel's not right. The power is not right. They're trying to figure out ways to conserve ways and just basically get them back to Earth. And but if you think about this, if he didn't get accused with having the measles, they would have almost never gotten back home. So that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna uh, give a little food for thought here. Do y'all think that if he hadn't had the measles, and um, I can't remember the third guy's name. I think his name was Jake. I think I keep referring to him as Jake. Um, I think so. I think you're right. Jake Swagger. Yes. I, I think so. So, um, do you think that he could have done the correct process to make it under the amount of amps that it was needed? Or do you think that he could have I don't think anyone so, really on the ship. Really, before we actually get into that, to give some context, there was this point wherever went in the movie where the ship was losing power. They couldn't keep on it all the equipment they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they uh, had to turn off the ship and figure out how do we power everything on that we need while not going over a certain amperage. Mm-hmm. I think that's ampage? Amperage? Amperage. Um, yeah. So that was what, what the problem was. So basically, Ken, he, because he, he trained in the spacecraft for literally six months of simulated you know, spacecraft, and he spent night and 
day just trying to figure out how to get as much power, as much everything. And he just stayed in the simulation. And one of them, talking about quotes again, um, they're like, you need a break? And he said, my boys aren't getting a break, so neither do I. Yep. And he works day and night. And sure. yeah, like honestly. And which is, who played Jim Lavelle? Uh, he's very famous. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. I knew yeah. that. Um, Tom Hanks. And before, like right before they kick him from the space program, he's like, I can't lose this guy. Literally, I know his tone of voice. I know who how he thinks. I know how he is. We're like a well-oiled machine together. And I personally don't think that they would have been saved if Matt um, – I don't think that they would have been saved if Matt didn't spend the countless hours trying to figure out what to do and how to save it, which I think was literally an act of God because you see at the end of the movie, literally thousands and thousands of people are praying like, oh my gosh, just pray for these astronauts so that they can get home, which it's just cool to think about. Yeah, so, so talking about like – uh, like a, a moving event or something like that. I, I feel like the uh, the story it really uh, it took a toll on me in the way in a way that I've never experienced a quote unquote national crisis. Oh yeah. So like I said, I'm 18. The closest thing that I've experienced to a national crisis is 9/11, and I was right at four months old. I was born in April, so do the math there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, that's the closest thing that I've ever been to in a national crisis so you don't even remember it exactly yeah i have no recollection of 9-11 other than people telling me and then you know the the memorial yeah Yeah. and as far as like i guess a huge events in in my time is just like epidemics so like ebola a couple years back and just well within the past few weeks um the coronavirus Mm -hmm. so i i really have no um experience yeah i don't have any experience i have like i like i said i have sympathy for that situation but i can't have empathy because i've never been through anything like that i've never been the citizen just hoping and praying that this will all go over well yeah which is cool so how do you think the story affected you personally like change your view and all that stuff um it's it's one of those where it's like had I been a citizen alive at that time, I think I'd have been just like just like anybody else, just just hoping and praying, you know. And if I was a relative or even a close relative of one of the three that was up there, you know, I'd just be I'd just be a big mess, just just you know, almost hysterical, praying and just just hoping that everything will go over well. Mm-hmm. One thing that the story affected me tremendously because when I was a kid, I actually wanted to be an astronaut growing up. Now, <laughs> I realize that I'm not smart enough now to do so, but I wanted to become an astronaut. I love to look into space. Or, I love looking off into space, you get it. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> looking off into space with the movie. Okay, cheese joke. I'm going to That one went straight over my head. <laughs> I, I gave it a snicker. Uh, <laughs> um, but I love to explore the beauty of creation as a whole. Like, there's a scene when the astronaut, Jim, uh, is close to re-entry and he looks out the window and sees earth in its natural beauty and all that i'm saying is it's like i wish that was me like mm-hmm. to be able to witness that but not really because i don't want to die or, or be getting super yeah, sick yeah. in a rocket and try to fight for my life <laughs> but that's how the story affected me for sure like i wish I, I i'm that. i'm sure we've all experienced our 
our earth out of the window. You oh, know? Yeah. So like we we I'm sure everybody's been in a, a real hard time and they they've seen their earth out of the window. It's, it's just something so beautiful. It's like it gives you that hope and it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going on because of that. So has the story affected you at all, Kyler? Uh, okay. Yeah. So the story affected me. Um, well, this time it it was more of how the story was told that affected me, not not so much the story itself. So like, do, do y'all know? what um what academy award slash awards this movie won i'm sure plenty it was uh, a really good movie it won two okay was nominated for more okay. uh including best picture didn't win that it was uh it won best sound okay so all the sound design all of the rocket ripping apart mm-hmm. all of the rocket lifting off the cars accelerating everything that you heard that was part of that but the other one that it won was Best Editing, which okay. I think had to do a lot with how this movie affected me because it it truly made my heart race. Mm-hmm. It, it made me feel scared for them. It, it was definitely the music and the pacing, uh, and that that that's why they won Best Editing. I'm sure because the pacing of the film made your heart race and made it made you think. Oh my gosh, are they going to get out in time? Also, just think about the time era. It was 1995 when they made the movie. So it went down for best editing. And it's still, like, my opinion, when I saw the movie, it's like, it actually genuinely looks like they're in space, which mm-hmm. is cool. And so going back to what Kyler was saying about, like, the pacing of the movie and stuff like that, I when I was watching this movie, I finished it last night. And I was sitting on my bed, and my girlfriend was right next to me. And I was like, okay... This is the type of movie that's going to have you hold your breath. And it's like, that was that was such a true statement just because, you know, the lack of oxygen and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But at, yeah. The, at the same time, it's like, you know, when he goes to cycle the oxygen, it's like you see it. And it's like the most intense scene because you just know something bad's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And when he flips those switches, there it goes. Yeah. So kudos to the writers and the director, Ron Howard, and to the editor because they did a wonderful job yes, putting this movie together. And just a little fun fact before we get onto our next step is that there's an Easter egg in the film that just absolutely stands out to me the most. Oh, yeah, and that's good. Um, when you at the end of the movie, the astronauts come home. The Navy, I, I believe it's the Navy, picks them up out of mm-hmm. the water. Yes. Th- that's and the reason it's called the successful failure because they they didn't get onto the moon. Yeah, but they, they made it back home. Yes, yeah. alive. Yes, and when they get home, the Navy picks them up, send them off in a jet, and they make it back to like, you know the land and back to society and you see the main character which is jim level jim level oh my gosh which is like tom hanks tom hanks yes tom hanks um walking out nodding at everyone waving smiling shaking hands and if you pay attention for those who like to watch movies he shakes hand with an old gentleman that gentleman was jim level and i think that's so cool that they actually included him in the film i tip my hat for that so thank you. So for those of y'all who have been with us for the past couple episodes, we always end with a game. We have done Who Said It the first week. We did rewrite the last one. And this week we're doing something new. It's gonna be called Choose Your Own Adventure. So out of the three movies we've watched so far, Casablanca, Indiana Jones, and Apollo 13, we are going to pick one of those movies to live out as an actual person. And we're gonna tell why. So, uh, who wants to start? So, I will start. Mike? Um, so, just like how I said it before with uh, 
I'm 18, never experienced a natural crisis. Not to say that I would love to go through one of those things because I never want to put anybody in danger like that. I wouldn't want to, anybody to have to go through that again. But if I was to live through any one of those movies, it would definitely have to be Apollo 13. But I wouldn't want to live as one of the astronauts. I'd like Neither to be... Neither would I. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody would. Um, but I would like to be like a citizen on Earth, just kind of experiencing the entire event. Um, well, simply because I've never experienced something like that. And not to say that um, I think that it would be fun, but just to say that... That you've done it. Yeah, yeah. That just now to, you've experienced something. Yeah, difficult or traumatic in a way. And usually stuff like that, it, it makes you all the wiser and stuff like that. Well, for me, I would probably, this sounds so dumb, but choose actually one of the astronauts. Because as I was going before, I've always wanted to go into space. I always wanted to view things like that. And there's a scene in Apollo 13 to where they're going to the dark side of the moon. They're behind the moon. And he said, like, it is crazy. Like, it is just absolutely beautiful, blah, 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 You would be able to get to see that type of stuff on Earth. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was when it says, like, something about the... Uh, the stars are so yeah, so much brighter because there's no sun. Yeah, yeah because because the, the, the moon is blocked. Blocking out the sun. And you also... Blocking out the haters. And he also talks about the horizon on the... Or the, the sunrise on the moon or whatever it's called. I forgot what it was. Where the sun comes around, I think it's the sunrise. I call it the sunrise. But um, when the sun comes around the moon, and he just says, "There's nothing else like it." And I think just, just seeing what they saw, I would give anything for. Like that's, I would choose. I would probably say um, Jim. Jim. Well, Jim. Yeah, for sure. I think he. I think he was the most calm and level-headed, and that, yes. I think that I think that that was a very important role in the movie. Yeah, exactly. The commander. I mean, I think that was a, it was a really important role just for just for the movie in general because had it been somebody else with a, as hot as temper as the other two, they may not may not have even lasted through Absolutely. the the event. Absolutely. Uh, so for me, uh, I think uh, well, first off, no one has chose Casablanca or Indiana Jones yet, but I'm going to choose Indiana Jones. I think uh, I don't even know who I'd be like. But like last time I said, I, I would love to have an adventure and that just seems to fit the bill for me. Granted, I, I don't want to get punched in the face like Indy, <laughs> but uh, I, I would be such a wussy. <laughs> like I would. It, like that bee earlier. But it'd just be a yeah. cool life to live. Yeah, like that wasp we saw earlier. Um, it would be a cool life to live. It would be uh, adventurous and interesting and never be bored for sure. So yeah, that's my choice. Good choices all around, I suppose. Sad that no one chose Casablanca. <laughs> no, no, that's no. <laughs> the story that has no story. The story that has no story. What? <laughs> he didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> for sure. You haven't listened to the first one. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the story that doesn't introduce the story. Oh, yeah. frick! Okay, hold on. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry. Rip headphone users. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I meant to do this every episode. I'm making it a thing. All oh, the names. Yes, that's what I was talking. That's that's what I was talking about. I, I was just trying to do it, you know. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, go, go ahead. Okay, I'm trying to do this every episode where I, I, I tell where the names were said in the in the movie because Casablanca 
didn't say any of the names till like halfway through the film. Indiana Jones, they said them in the first five minutes, and all the main characters' names were said in the first like three minutes of this film. You were introduced to Jim Lovell as the main character, and then his partners after that. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, headphone users. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all Just right. like the... <laughs> All right, well... So, we're going to close out this episode. Mike, you want to do it for us? All right, so the last part of this podcast is going to be the after credit uh, scene, and it's going to be a sound clip of the next movie that we choose. So, here we go. In three, two, one, here's the clip. 500 yards. That's the length of five football fields. Cool. Try to guess where it's from, and hopefully you'll get a shout-out in the next box. So that's all from us. I'm Kyler. I'm Ethan. I'm Michael. See you next time. Roll credits. Welcome to the Feature Film Podcast. Today we are talking about failure and the measles. Enjoy no, the show. I messed up. <laughs> it's all right. We'll do it again. Uh, okay. Bam. <laughs> messed that up. <laughs> we were cruising and we hit a brick wall. That's what just happened. So for those who have been uh, watching, or it's a podcast. For <laughs> those of you who have been watching our okay. podcast, <laughs> wait, wait, we, we have to leave that in. No, 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 no. We we'll, to... we'll throw in a blooper at the end. Like, for those who have been uh, watching our podcast, you're creepy because we don't put this on video anywhere. <laughs> that you right there, right in the window. Okay. So we... <clears throat> oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> you did it on purpose. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Way in the back, yeah. running up to the mic. <laughs>